Today is May 10th, 2023. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. Let's talk some boxing. We got the return of one of the most entertaining trash talkers in the sport, Rolando Roly Romero, fighting this Saturday on Showtime for a championship at 140 pounds. Initially, this was supposed to be a title defense for Alberto Pueo from Dominican Republic, who recently won the title, which was vacated by Josh Taylor. Pueyo was supposed to defend against Roley, but Pueyo tested positive for a banned substance. We now know that that substance is called clomiphene, a.k.a. clomid. It is used in a post-cycle, I've been told. Pueyo is claiming that he used it to help get his girlfriend pregnant or wife pregnant. I'm claiming bullshit. I don't believe any of these made-up stories that these athletes use in any sport when they test positive for a performance-enhancing drug. My stance is pretty simple. If you sign a contract that says you can't have ketchup while you're training for this fight and you test positive for ketchup, that's on you. I don't care if the ketchup isn't going to help you win if you don't know how the ketchup got in your system, you sign the contract. It says you can't have it. You're making pretty good money in your trade, whether it's the NBA, NFL, boxing, wrestling, UFC, MMA, whatever. At the top of the sport, you're making good money. When you're at the top, it is your responsibility to find out what is in these substances you're taking. Whether it's a post-workout, pre-workout, protein shake, herbal tea if you're Oscar Valdez. It doesn't matter. Learn about what's going into your body when your body is the thing that's making you money. It's one thing for a random person to get a boost when they're working out or whatever the case may be. Hey, that's fine. You're trying to look good. You're trying to feel better. Whatever. But if you're a pro athlete, you have to take the precautions. You have to go the extra step to really research what you're taking. Or, and this is what I believe, these guys are taking those precautions. They know what they're taking. It's helping them in their performance, in their training, in their recovery, whatever. And they're still taking it because they believe They can mask it with something else. They can get away with it. They can cycle off of it. There's plenty of ways to beat a test because these guys are beating tests all the time. I would argue at least half pro athletes are taking something that they're not supposed to be taking. The thing is, they're getting away with it. Some guys get caught, and that's when we hear about it. It's not their first time taking it. If you believe that everyone that tests positive... It's their first time taking it. You're the most naive person on the planet. I don't believe this guy is over here trying to get his wife pregnant. First of all, his wife lives in DR. Or his wife is currently in DR. This fight is taking place in Las Vegas. So this guy has been training in the United States for several weeks now. If not months. So you're trying to get your wife pregnant. No, dude, not during the training camp you're not. And as far as I've read, and I'm not an expert on this stuff, I could be wrong, but as far as I've read, 
This isn't even for men to be taken. This is for a female to be taken, to help her have a kid. So this guy taking it literally has nothing to do with impregnating his wife. It has everything to do with him supposed to be defending his championship at 140 pounds. He's in there with Rolly Romero. He's saying, hey, I took this stuff to win the fight, or to win the title. I'm going to need it to defend it. That's my opinion. Again, I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not in the camp, but I'm not buying it. Not by a long shot. Just like I'm not buying Oscar Valdez drinking herbal tea or not knowing how a substance got in his body before he fought Robinson Concisa. These guys are cheaters in my book. Are they banned from the sport? No, they're not. They can come back. They can prove themselves to be clean. And we'll see where their careers go from here. Alberto Pueo is a really good fighter. I enjoyed watching him. Technically sound guy. I thought it would be a good matchup with Roley. But it wasn't meant to be. The guy isn't clean. And I'm glad he got caught. And I wish he would just own up to it. I wish all these guys would just own up to it. I wish... Guys like Canelo would say, hey, you know what? I took something. I wasn't uh, I wasn't just eating some random steak in Mexico and it was tainted. Guy's a millionaire, multi-millionaire, and he's eating tainted meat. Think I believe that? Come on. Anyway, moving on. This card on Showtime is a really fun one. It's not a huge name card, but the 140-pound division isn't filled with big-time names, but it is filled with big-time talent. I've said many times in this podcast, the 154-pound division is my favorite. For my money, it's the best division because it's really competitive and we get so many good matchups in that division. While 154 may be the best, 140 is the deepest. Again, doesn't have... So many superstar names. It does have some names, but it's not super deep with with guys that everyone knows. But I recently made a list of just the guys at 140 off the top of my head that I can name. And I didn't put it in order. I didn't really rank them. But these are just guys that came to my name, and I don't know any other division I can do this with. Not this many, at least. I'm just going to rattle off some names here. Bear with me for a minute. Josh Taylor, guy who was undisputed guy who recently vacated his, a lot of his titles because he didn't want to pay the sanctioning fees. And I don't blame him. These sanctioning fees sometimes are ridiculous. I believe it's like 12% of your purse, something along those lines. He didn't want to pay it for every belt. He vacated most of his belts. But he really is technically the guy in the division. So Josh Taylor, of course. Regis Progre, who's a monster. His only loss is to Josh Taylor. Tiafimo Lopez, fairly new to the division. But he brings that name power, that star power to the division. Gary Antoine Russell, huge puncher. I'm very high on Gary Antoine. Speaking of huge punchers, Subriel Matias, probably the biggest puncher in the division. Then you also have veteran Jose Ramirez. You've got prospect Tiger Johnson, who you should, who should keep an eye on. Um, Jose Zapata, another good veteran in the 140-pound division. Richardson Hitchens. Guy you should keep an eye on. Ryan Garcia, who's new to the division. He's had one fight at 140 before. Um, after his loss to Tank, 
He has stated he will be back at 140, and he will campaign at that division in the near future. You also have Alberto Pueyo, who I just mentioned, lost his title due to a failed test. You have Roly Romero, who's headlining this card Saturday. You have Ishmael Barrios, who was the mandatory for Pueyo, but he will step in and fight Roly for the 140-pound title. You have Omar Juarez. You have Kenneth Sims Jr. You have Rancis Bartholomew. You have Bater Akhmadov. You have Jack Catterall, who should have beat Josh Taylor in their fight. Those guys I just named, that's 18 guys. 18 people who I consider championship caliber talent at 140. That is deep. I can't think of any division off the top of my head that I can go 18 deep on just like that. Like quickly. That didn't take much time or effort. That's how deep this division is. The talent there is ridiculous. And I also made a mark here about guys that I'd put a little bit below that level, but still are notable. Brandon Lee. Sandor Martin. Liam Para, Jose Pedraza, and Steve Spark. Quality fighters who maybe need to show a little more, but they're right there. They're knocking at the door. They could potentially be championship caliber. Jose Pedraza may be the exception because he's past his prime, but he's still a quality fighter. I don't think he's ever going to be championship level again in his career, but he is a quality guy. He would be a tough out for a lot of these fighters. But still, this division is just spoiled with talent. And out of those 18 names that I just rattled off, six of those are on this card Saturday night. This Showtime card is going to be a fun one. It is main evented, like I said, by Roley and Barrios. But let me get into this undercard really quickly. It's a three-fight card. Showtime, as you know, usually delivers on these three-fight cards. Usually it's all killer, no filler. This one has potential to be really fun. Let me start off with the co-main here. I think this matchup has all the potential to steal the show Saturday night. You have Batir Akhmadov versus Kenneth Sims Jr. This is a great clash of styles. Akhmadov is a southpaw. He's a classic pressure fighter who likes to bob and weave his way inside. Get really, really close to you. Kind of get up against your left shoulder and just tee off on you. If you're an orthodox fighter, up against your left shoulder. And he'll just tee off once he gets inside. He lets off these hooks. Really fun fighter to watch. He's not as effective on the outside. Like if you have a great jab and some reach on him, you can really make this fight much less difficult than it needs to be. But you need this stamina to keep Akhmadov off of you. Because he's the type of guy who doesn't get discouraged as the rounds go on. He treats each round individually. Almost as if he doesn't recall what happened in the previous stanza. That's a talent. A lot of guys get worked up if they lose a round. They, they carry it over into the next round. No, it's a new round. That round you already lost. The new one, you have a chance to win. Start from scratch. This guy does that a lot. He's high pressure. He's always in your face. He doesn't throw a ton of punches. He is active, but he doesn't throw a ridiculous amount of punches. 
but his energy is just non-stop. His stamina is extremely difficult to deal with when you get on the second half of the fight. He throws his shots a bit wide though. So someone with patience on the inside can really counter him clearly if they can withstand the initial onslaught. His straight left to the body is probably the best punch that Akhmadov throws. Kenneth Sims, on the other hand, super athletic. This guy dictates the range really well, sets everything up off the jab. To me, this will be a major key against an aggressive fighter like Akhmadov. Sims has a great check left hook. That'll also be a factor in this fight. He used it extremely well um, against Elvis Rodriguez, who was also a southpaw. That was a good fight. Go back and watch that one if you want to see Kenneth Sims. But Sims also has this ability to bend his waist when he wants to switch the look on you. And this could do two things simultaneously. It can confuse the opponent, which can disrupt their timing and keep them guessing. But it also is used as a defensive tactic that if he uses it properly, it could set up crucial counters against Akhmadov. Because like I said earlier, Akhmadov throws those really wide shots. And if he's left open, Sims will have a perfect opportunity to dip low, come back over the top of the left hook, and really change this fight. A flaw for Sims would be his overconfidence at times. Sometimes he'll get on his front foot and attempt to walk a guy down a little bit earlier than he really should. This would be a huge mistake against Akhmadov, given the Russian's volume and his stamina, like I mentioned earlier. Sims should really keep this a boxing match as long as he can, because there's going to be times in there where he has no choice but to fight. So don't fight when you want to, because at some point in here, you're literally going to be forced to brawl with this dude. It's just a matter of time. But overall, Sims has a little more craft. Sims has better legs. Sims has a more consistent defense. But Akhmadov is extremely live in this fight. I expect it to be back and forth with Sims pulling away late to secure a decision in what I think is going to be a really competitive fight. I'm really looking forward to this one. This is probably, I mean, I like Roly a lot, but this is probably my favorite matchup, given the two styles going into it. Also on this card, you have Rancis Bartholomew versus Omar Juarez. This is a good one, too. you got Bartholomew, who's a veteran, 29-2, against Juarez, 14-1. Juarez, much younger. Omar Juarez is an explosive puncher. He's a huge overhand right that sometimes he loads up on a little too much. He telegraphs it sometimes. That could be a problem in this fight if he's telegraphing his punches. But he's two-handed, meaning his left hand is just as powerful as his right. He's at his best when he doubles up on the left hooks. He'll lead with one to the body, then follow up upstairs with a shot to the head. If he can land those two-punch left-hook combinations that he throws, this could be a knockout victory. Bartholomew is just solid all around. Kind of throws awkward punches, though. It looks like he has really short arms. Like, he throws these T-Rex-style punches, but he switches up his style a lot. You can see him stink a fight out. Well, you'll watch him and say, this guy is so boring I never want to see him again on my television. That is sometimes how I feel watching Bartholomew. But then 
he'll come out like he did against Gary Antoine Russell, guns blazing, trying to have a fight of the year type candidate going into that fight. Just throwing all power shots, no regard for human life, and he ended up getting stopped in that fight. Maybe later in his career, he wants to be more of an action guy. Maybe he's saying, listen, if I want to keep getting on these cards, I got to do something spectacular. Hopefully that's his mindset going into this fight, because if so, him and Juarez are going to throw down in there. But either way, even if he tries to stink it out, I don't think Juarez is going to going to be there for it. Juarez is a puncher. He's going to be in there trying to take Rancis Bartholomew's head off. I like Juarez in this fight. The younger guy, the more explosive guy. I could see Juarez getting a stoppage in this one. I like Juarez here, but this is really a close fight. This is a good matchup. That's why I like this card so much. You have three fights that are well-matched. And that brings me to the main event. Roley Romero going for that championship against Ishmael Barrasso. Roley, if you're not familiar with him, his last fight was against Gervonta Tank Davis. Massive pay-per-view event. I was there at the Barclays. Excellent event. Roley did a great job selling it, trash-talking the whole way. And when the fight began, he showed he wasn't just talking. He was in there with a game plan. He came out with a jab that a lot of people didn't expect him to have. He went out there and was patient for the most part. He was patient until he wasn't. And when he wasn't, he got knocked out. That was the difference. He made one giant mistake against Javante Davis. And when you're in there with a guy like Javante Davis, with the combination of IQ, speed, and power, all it takes is one mistake. And that's it. And that's what it took for Roley. He dove in there, threw a punch. I believe he threw the same punch twice in a row, which is kind of a common theme in Tank's career. You had Ryan Garcia do that. You had Leo Santa Cruz do that. And they all paid. Roley jumped into something. It was a straight left hand, and that was all she wrote. He got back up, but his legs were not good. The referee called it off. He can't make that mistake here against Ishmael. Ishmael is a power puncher. But Roley needs to use some of the things that worked against Gervonta. That jab is the most important part of his game. We already know about the power. He has a great left hook. He has a good right hand. He can knock guys out. But you have to set up that power more creatively than he did in the past. He's going in there with a guy who has a lot of experience and who has been at this weight for a long time. This is Roley's first fight at 140 pounds. That being said, I think 140 pounds will benefit Roley more than 135. He doesn't have to drain his body. He's a naturally bigger guy. He's a strong guy. You can see when he grabs a guy in the clinch, he is always the more dominant guy in that ring. He's physically strong. So those five pounds are definitely going to help him. And I think he will be even more explosive than he was at 35. He just has to set it up right. He's a guy who got into boxing late. He started at like 17 years old. He was doing judo as a kid and then made the transition later on. You can see he has some flaws. The way he um, moves his feet, it just looks weird. It looks awkward. It's not something you would traditionally see in a boxing gym. 
but he does some things good with his feet, too. He takes these giant steps back two in a row. It's almost a pattern. That, that pattern, though, could be timed. If I'm noticing it, I'm sure these world-class fighters are noticing it. But he did it good again. He did it well against Javante uh, Davis, where he, he'll step forward because he's a pressure fighter a little bit. He'll come forward. He'll try and counter you with a big shot, but he's flicking the jab out there. But at the same time, when you make a sudden movement forward, he's, he's jumping back with two steps and then stepping in with his right hand. He's giving himself enough space to unload the right hand of his own or the left hook, which I think is his best punch. So he does some good things with his feet, but at the same time, it looks a little choppy. It looks a little unorthodox. But that could work to his favor. We see unorthodox fighters all the time that have success. So with that being said, I like Roley in this fight, but he's going against Barrasso, who is a southpaw, who is heavy-handed. This guy is 24-3 and three with two draws, but I believe he has 22 knockouts. He's also an extremely high-volume puncher. That tells me two things. One is there's going to be ample opportunity for Roley to counter here. There's going to be plenty of openings. He's just going to have to capitalize. Two, this is going to be a really exciting matchup. With a guy that throws that many punches against Roley, who's looking for that one shot, it's going to be fun. While Pueyo is more skilled than Barrasso, Barrasso is the much bigger puncher and the much more of an action fighter. I think this is going to be more fun to watch than Pueyo versus Roley. The only question I have here is Barrasso's age. Whenever you see four in the column and it doesn't have a two or a three in front of it, that's a little concerning. Barrasso just turned 40 years old. But to his credit, in his recent fights, I haven't seen any signs of slowing down. This is a guy who has shown the ability to throw in upwards of 900 punches in a fight. This dude is not shy. He's not bashful. He is letting his hands go. I think this will be a fun fight, but I do expect Roley to be more patient than he was against Tank, find an opening here, and land a big shot. And I think that big shot will put the veteran down. I think he puts Barrasso down in this fight. And Barrasso, while he, he throws a lot of punches, he makes mistakes by keeping his hands a little too low. And leaves himself open. When you're throwing that many punches, you can't defend as well as a guy who's much more patient. So I see the opening there. I think Roley capitalizes on it. I think he learns from the mistakes in the tank fight. Transitions that into 140. Gets a huge win here. Becomes champion. And I think that's better for the division. You have a guy like Roley with the title. You can create much bigger fights. You have Devin Haney who is undisputed at 135. He still has Lomachenko to fight. I think win, lose, or draw, this is probably the last fight for Haney at 135. He could stick around if the money's huge and the opportunity's there to fight Tank or even Shakur. Maybe he sticks around, but I think it'd be better for his body and his career, really, to move up to 140. And then you could have options. you got Tio. you got... Taylor, you got all the guys I named. Go back and rewind the podcast. 18 names I rattled off here. This is a super deep division. A guy like Roley as champion is good for business. This is 
the boxing business after all. When this fight was originally announced as a title fight, a lot of people complained. Like, how is Roley? I'd say it was 50-50. A lot of people like me were happy about it because, like I said, Roley's entertainment. Roley brings attention to the sport. But I'd say 50% were complaining. They were saying, how is Roley getting this opportunity? He just got knocked out. How is he getting a title shot? So offended, so mad. Listen, you're talking about a sport where people are cheating. You're talking about a sport where there's corrupt judges and corrupt sanctioning bodies and corrupt refereeing. And we're worried about Roley getting a title shot, really? That's the thing that people throw their arms up in the air for? Roley's getting a title shot. Listen, like I said, this is the boxing business. Roley creates cash. Like it or not. People are going to watch this fight Saturday night. Roley draws attention. He says outlandish things. He says funny things. And when you watch him, he delivers action. Yeah, he's sloppy sometimes. Yeah, he's unorthodox. But you know what he does? He puts people on their ass. He is going in there to knock a guy out. That's entertainment. That's what we do this. That's what we watch this for. Entertainment. Roley Romero is entertaining. I'll stand by that. Saturday night in Las Vegas, we're going to see three entertaining fights, and Roley Romero is the headliner. I just hope he delivers, and I hope he delivers in spectacular fashion so we can keep this train going. This is fun. This is good. Boxing needs more of these characters. Not everyone needs to be professional 100% of the time. So many corrupt things going on in this sport. I'm not going to bat an eye when I see a guy like this getting a title shot. Sorry. That's just the way I see it. Everyone has an opinion. That's just mine. Saturday night, 9 p.m. on Showtime. Expect a fun card. That's all I got for you guys this weekend. Next weekend, we have a huge matchup. Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko. I can't wait to break that one down. That will be next week. But that's it for this week. Give me that five-star review. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Twitter if you want. At someone else. You can follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple, whichever you prefer. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm out.